Good evening, and I want to start this evening by saying thank you for watching, as always. Uh, whether you are uh, watching this this evening or listening to it later, uh, I just want to say thank you. Uh, if you are watching this tonight, I'm going to just go ahead and get it out of the way that I'm wearing the camo and that you probably can't see me because I know that joke will be coming. And if you're not watching it and you're listening, just disregard all that I had said. But as always, we do want to thank you for watching and we pray that these will be a help to you in your walk and relationship with the Lord. One of the things I have been trying as uh, we are getting close to um, working our way through Job as I've been going back and listening to the audio of these um, devotions, not the visual because I don't even want to see this, look at this guy, but uh, trying to figure out ways to improve as this new year begins. One of those ways is to count how many times I say, uh, or and, and really just uh, try to improve on some of those things. You say, well, Jake, those things don't matter. Uh, they don't distract people. They, they do. If you, uh, sometimes they do, and sometimes there are stumbling blocks and things that really bother people. And so it's one of those things as a believer that I'm always trying to work on and make sure that my teaching is accurate, that it is relatable, but that it's also not something that is distractive from the purpose. And so as we're finishing our way through Job 33, <clears throat> last night we looked about how God speaks to difficult people that we're in contact with. We looked at how, um, well, there's an um, uh, that God works through his spirit, that God opens people's ears, that God disciplines us, because ultimately God wants to save. And so we talked about that process last night um, when it's difficult to deal with people, when it's difficult to try to win people that are lost, that are stubborn. And so tonight as we progress through this, um, Job, did it again, uh, Job gives us in these verses tonight um, some things that God is wanting to do. And in verses 19 through 28, and I'm not going to read them all for the sake of time tonight, Job had been complaining about his suffering, the suffering that he went through and that it was not deserved. And Elihu answers him by saying that he's God's messenger and he is here to mediate between God and Job. Now, thankfully, we know in the New Testament that we have a high priest, Jesus, who mediates for us. But in the Old Testament, Elihu is not saying that he was Job's savior. He was just saying that sometimes we need to hear from someone who has no stake in the game, who has a neutral opinion, who has nothing to personally benefit from. And that's what's so hard, I think, in this life is knowing who to trust, whose opinion to trust, who has got an alternative motive. I've pastored a long time now at uh, 10 Mile Baptist Church, 10 years. In Baptist terms, that's like 50 years. 
But that is the thing I struggle with so many times how I've seen people try to use their influence to get something, whether it's a job they want, it's a committee assignment they want, it's a it's a position in the church. And and I struggle with that because we are called to to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, but also to have discernment. And so it's so hard sometimes. And so in this passage of scripture, I want to start in verse 23. And it's something that I hope that you and I will both think about because all of us go through suffering. All of us lose loved ones. All of us have health problems. All of us are betrayed by people that we didn't think would betray us. And so how do we deal with suffering and what's the purpose behind it? It's probably one of the most asked questions. Why did God let that happen? So starting in verse 23, I want to read one to you. If there is a messenger for him, a mediator, one among a thousand, to show man his uprightness. You see, God allows suffering as correction to bring a person to him as upright. And what that means is, one, suffering is something that causes us to either seek God or blame God. Now, I don't believe it is a sin to ask God why. I believe it is a sin when we begin to blame and make accusations that God has done something wrong. And that's what Job did. And tonight I want you to hear this, and it's it's a harsh truth, but it is a profound truth. Your response to the hardships of life reflect the heart that you have toward God. Everyone can give God praise in the good times. Everyone can give God honor in the good times. But when it seems the blessings run dry, it's in those times that we find out whether or not we love God because of who he is or because of what he has given to us. And so there is suffering that comes to us to test our faith, to help us realize, do I have real faith or is it phony faith? Second thing I want to show you from this passage tonight goes down to verse 27. Then he looks at men and says, I have sinned and perverted what was right. The second thing that God will allow suffering to do is bring you to repentance. Sometimes sin comes into our life and there are consequences, but yet we ignore that sin. Well, I can get away with telling lies or I can get away with being angry or I can get away with unforgiveness. And what God says is, no, I'm going to bring suffering into your life, not as a result of your sin, but to show you and make you miserable to the point that you want relief. And that relief only comes through the Lord. That's why the Bible says to find forgiveness and find salvation so that a time of refreshing may come. And so tonight, if you're going through suffering, know that God wants your attention, that God wants you to realize that he is righteous and that we are not. He wants us to turn from our wickedness 
even though we might act like it doesn't matter. And third and finally tonight, from verse 27, it says, Then he looks at me, oh, excuse me, <clears throat> in verse 28 and 30, He will redeem his soul from going down to the pit, and his light shall see the light. And in verse 30, to bring back his soul from the pit, that he might be enlightened with the light of life. So God allows suffering to, one, show us how sinful we are and how holy he is. Two, to cause us to repent of our sin. And third and finally, so that we can be saved. You say, well, Jake, wasn't that your last point of last lesson? Yes, verse 18. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. You see, God wants to save sinners. And I know that there's a lot of theological arguments and a lot of theological debate, church splits over this, but I believe as Christians, we should never lose the fact and focus that God wants to save sinners. God shouldn't save sinners because of who we are, but that he does and that he wants to. And reaching lost and broken people is something that honors God. And so I'm going to believe what I think the Bible teaches, that God wants to save people, that God wants all people to be saved, even though all people will not be. And so as I pray, as I share my faith, as we go and do, we go knowing that each person matters to God and that he wants to save them. And so tonight, if you are going through a difficult time, get along with God. Make sure you love him for who he is. Two, make sure you're repenting for those sins in your life. And third and finally, know that God is saving and will save and might be trying to use your suffering to reach and save someone else who is watching. And so tonight I pray that God will bless you and keep you. And that if there's anything I can do for you, please don't hesitate to let me know. Thank you and God bless.